Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. (laughs) Good morning, church. How are we doing today? There we go. Okay. Well, if you don't know who I am, my name is Charlie. I am our youth pastor here. Actually, I'm the generation's pastor now as of the beginning of the year. Yes, thank you. Um, And we are just excited to be here with you guys as we get to kick off really the beginning of the year as we get into this idea of a youth takeover. Now, at the beginning of 2020, we did one, and at the beginning of 2021, we get to do one. So I'm hoping that this is kind of a reoccurring theme because I just love being able to be up here. But also, more importantly, I love being able to see the youth, the next generation out here serving. If you even take a look into the AV room today, you will see some of our students are in there running lights, running cameras. Our youth leadership team is out here. Obviously, you saw Robert. He's a youth pastor in training. We have Janie up here. You saw David Klute come out. He's also just a senior in high school, but has the call of God on his life to be a youth pastor as well. Yeah, it's, a, it's awesome. It's, it's amazing to see what God is doing through this youth ministry. And it's not just me. Like, I can come up here and say, like, I'm the youth pastor, but this is truly what God is doing in this youth ministry. Now, I'm excited for today because we are going to go into a topic that I don't think we've ever really talked about about before. It's going to be a Bible story we've heard of, but a topic I don't think we've heard about before. You see, the past few weeks, Pastor Jim has been in this series called Christmas Isn't Canceled, and it was an amazing series. If you missed any of it, I encourage you to head back on our YouTube page and check that out. But today, we're going to get into a topic called I Declare War. And you see, we came up with this idea um, when I, we were in this writing meeting with Pastor Jim, Pastor Charlie Bacar, Dylan Del Campo, and myself, and we're kind of, quote-unquote, I wouldn't call us the writing team, but we help PJ as he's getting a little bit older with some cool, hip, relevant topics. Um, yeah, I could say that Pastor Jim's not here. He's watching online. Hi, Pastor Jim. Um, I'll expect a call after the service. But um, we sit in this meeting, and he was like, on January 3rd, it's going to be a free topic, and I just need to pick what we want to talk about. And me being me, always like to crack, crack jokes. I was like, oh, Pastor Jim, let's do a youth takeover. And I wasn't expecting anything from him. He was like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I remember going into my office excited, and I sat down, and I was like, what are we going to do for the youth takeover? I have no plans. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And I met with our team, and they were like, well, we're starting this new series on Wednesday night called I Declare War. Why not, on our youth takeover, the first service of the year, we dive into the very first topic. So today, you get a glimpse of what youth is going to be doing for the next few weeks on Wednesday nights. So if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write down the title of today's message, and that is, I Declare War. I Declare War. Now, if you guys can, AV team, put that image up on the screen for me real quick. Beautiful. Now, when you first get a glimpse of this, you might not know exactly what it is, but does anybody actually know what this is? It's a document. And what this is, is a document of a declaration of war. In in, um, December 8th, 1941, this document was signed the day after we were attacked at Pearl Harbor. This document was the document of war saying we are going to war with Japan because of what they did. And President FDR signed this off, but went through Congress the very next day, and we signed this document saying we are going to war with Japan. And I love that document, not because of what it represents, but because of what it says. 
It says that we are going to war. They said there was an attack on U.S. soil, and we are now taking action of it. Because you see, before that attack, we really didn't want to get involved into that war. But as soon as they attacked the homeland, as soon as they brought it in to the U.S. soil, we knew we couldn't stand back anymore. We knew we had to take action. And you see, today, as we talk about this idea of I declare war, I think a lot of us in our spiritual walk, a lot of us just in our day-to-day life have been attacked. And today is the day, the start of the new year. What better time than now to declare war on that attack? You see, I also believe there's a lot of us in here that we have versions of ourselves that we don't like. Versions of ourselves that we walk into with that we wish weren't a part of us at all. And if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, Charlie, I don't have a version of myself that I don't like. I like all myself. Just ask your significant other. I'm pretty sure they'll tell you what version of yourself you don't like. Or if you're a student in here, go ask your parents. They have a list of things they wish they would, was different. You see, we all have a version of ourselves that we don't want. We all have a version of ourselves that today we need to declare war against. And we're going to get into that. So again, if you're writing notes, the title of today's message is I Declare War. And before we pray and get into this today, I just want to say I'm very vocal about how much I love my Clemson football team. And yes, I get it. You don't need to text me saying they lost. I get that. I saw that. It's okay. Pray for me. Um, I almost lost my sanity on, on Friday night. But... In youth, we do something every service right before the message, and what we call that is our first-time talk. For any first-time guest that walks into Av Youth, we just want to share these three key pillars of who we are so they get to know what we're all about before the message even starts. And I see there's a few youth students in here with me today. Not a lot, but you guys are going to have to go ahead and talk with me when I, when I get into this idea. But there's three things. The very first one is this. We are a place where you don't have to believe perfect. There's five of us. I love it. We are a place where you don't have to believe to belong, meaning you don't have to believe in Jesus to hang out with us on Wednesdays or Sundays or any other events. But our hope and our prayer is that you will leave a Wednesday night or you will leave an Av Youth event with a relationship with Jesus, knowing that's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. You see, church, I think it is so, we get so caught up, at least students get so caught up with thinking they have to come to church with a relationship with Jesus already, when really that needs to happen in reverse. We ask for those that don't have a relationship with Jesus. We ask for those, the ones that, that carry on with those baggage so they can come in and experience what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And I think it's, it's kind of funny because we see that in youth, but I think it also translates to an adult service where we don't need to have our life put together to be able to sit down in one of these chairs. Because if I can be real with you guys, if anybody would have burned the church down when they walked through it the very first time, it would have been me. It would have been me with all the baggage that I had, all the things that I did in my past, but I walked in here, experienced the love of Jesus, and was saved here on a Wednesday night. And we asked, yeah. and we asked that same thing of our students when they walk in. The second one is we are a note-taking group. So you might see some of the students with their phones out. Maybe they have a, a, a notebook. We like to take notes. And the reason why is because I can come up here and speak, and I like to talk very, very fast. I like to get animated, and sometimes that can distract other students, or sometimes I can even distract adults. And if you're like me, if I'm listening to a pastor, if I'm listening to a preacher, and I'm not taking notes, I'm not going to remember 90% of the message that they said. I'll remember a funny story and their name and what they were wearing, probably. And that's about it. So we like to take notes and have youth. And my last one, and the fun one, somebody already shouted that out today, is we are a talk back group. 
Meaning, if I say something or any preacher says something that you agree with, you can say, come on. You can, you can clap. You, you, you can clap. You can say, that's good. Um, or some of our students' favorite one, and it's okay, I don't think you're racist. You can say, preach it, white boy. You can do whatever you want. Now, I like it because Mary Eeks, she, uh, she came up with one that says, yes, queen. Um, and I don't know if I should take offense to that or not, uh, but she likes to say it. And I'm excited for today, church. So again, if you were writing notes, the title of the message is I Declare War. We're going to pray, and we're going to get into it today. So we can't bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful for today. God, that we get to be here today on a Sunday morning and just being able to worship you. God, that we get to come together and just glean from your word, learn from your word, and apply it to our lives. God, I pray today as we get into this idea of declaring war, that we take down those walls that might be built up in our heart. We take down those walls that might be built up where we feel like we can't grow. And today's going to be the day where we take the step forward in the right direction. As 2021 starts, the very first service of the year, God, we pray that we start this year off on the right foot. God, it's in your name we pray. And we all said, amen, amen. amen. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, man, you look good today. Uh, go ahead, turn to the neighbor that you, apparently you don't think looks good enough to be your first choice and say, hey, even though I didn't pick you, you still look good today too. <laughs> now today, when I say those words, I declare war, what's the first thing you guys think of? Just, just shout something out. What? Thumb war. Thumb war. I like that one. I didn't, I didn't even think about that one. Some people would say they think of sports. Some people would say they think of uh, a declaration of war. But for me personally... There's two stories that come straight to mind when I think of declare war. The first one apparently I've already shared, um, but it's when I tried fighting my dad in elementary school. Uh, he said that he wouldn't take me to Chuck E. Cheese, and I got really upset. And I said, Dad, that's it. We're going to go out into the front yard. And I, he did one of the, like, the cartoons. He, hold my, he held my head, and I'm like swinging like this. It just was awkward. Um, but one in particular that comes to mind was when I decided that I wanted to declare war on somebody here at this church. If it got real quiet on that one, you guys were like, whoo, what did he do? <laughs> what happened is this. It was 2013, and I had just became a leader in our high school ministry called Capacity. And every year during youth, we do this event called Squad Wars. And Squad Wars is this time where we divide the group into teams. They get to pick their team color, pick pick their team chant they get to come in they get to decorate they play head-to-head -head games and it's an amazing time but there's only one downfall it gets very very competitive not only between students but it also gets competitive between leaders case in point I'm a very competitive guy that's why when someone texts me after Clemson loses I get very angry and I lose my sanity but I remember this time it was 2013 first year as a leader we're playing dodgeball, actually, right over here. All these chairs were gone. We're playing dodgeball, breaking a bunch of stuff. And as we're playing, I was overseeing our younger generation. I was overseeing our high school, our junior high students, I'm not junior high, our freshman students. And we were going against Michael Estrada, who was our worship pastor, and he was in charge of the upperclassmen, the senior group. And as we're playing, it was neck and neck, and whoever won this battle of dodgeball was going to truly win squad wars. And we're playing, it's three against two. We had three people on our side, Michael had two. And as in the middle of the game, we're going back and forth, going back and forth, and Michael decides to go reach for this ball, and as he reached for the ball, I saw his foot step over the line. And if you know dodgeball at all, if your foot steps over the line, you're out. 
And I called Michael out. I was like, Michael, you stepped over the line. If you love Jesus, you would get out. <laughs> and he was like, I didn't step over the line. And apparently all 100 students and leaders that we had in the room, they were like, I didn't see him step over the line. I didn't see anything. And I was so frustrated because Michael got to stay into the game. And of course, it's the underclassmen versus upperclassmen. So I get out pretty much the next play, and then my students get out right behind me, and they end up winning the dodgeball tournament, and they end up going on to win squad wars. And I remember as that was going on right over here, I walked out of this corner, and I'm kind of up against this wall, just frustrated, angry. And a guy by the name of Dylan Del Campo. If you don't know Dylan, Dylan is Pastor Jim's son. He is going to plant a church in Riverside through the New Beginning's name. And he was a youth leader at that time, and he runs up to me. He's like, Charlie, you didn't get, he didn't step over the line. You got out. You suck. He probably didn't say you suck, but that's what I'm thinking. And he was like, I can't believe you didn't beat him, blah, blah, blah. And he's going, and I'm walking up against this wall right here. And I'm filled with rage. Remember, this is 2013, Charlie. I was like 18. And I'm sitting there. I'm filled with rage. I'm like upset. And he keeps going, and he keeps going, and keeps going. And I had enough. And I was like, all right, this is it. And I remember grabbing Dylan in the middle of a youth service, grabbing Dylan and pushing him up against this wall right here. And I was fed up. And I was like, Dylan, you need to stop. And he's looking at me with that stupid smug face. Just because <laughs> he knows what he just did. He got into my head. And I remember students and I remember leaders coming up to me, Charlie, it's okay, it's just a game. I was like, it's not just a game. And I remember letting them go, and I walked out of those doors right there to cool down because I was so irate. I was so upset at the fact that we had lost that dodgeball tournament. And on top of that, Dylan decides to come over and just really poke at the bear. And you see, I was ready to declare war right then and there. But the funny thing is, that was 2013, Charlie, and today this is 2021, Charlie. I declared war on that version where I got irritated very easily a long, long time ago. And today, I want us to sit here and think to ourselves, what version of ourselves do we need to declare war on today? What maybe habits, what maybe uh, um, traits do we need to declare war on today that lives within ourselves? Like I said, maybe it's an addiction, Maybe it's the way you talk. Maybe it's the way you, you proceed yourself. But I believe everyone here today, including myself, have versions that we need to work on. And today we're going to do exactly that. Today I have three points for you, and the very first point I want you to write down is this. What side of the barbed wire are you on? What side of the barbed wire are you on? Now, you see, I love history. I like sitting there watching the History Channel. Sometimes I think I'm like a 60-year-old man when I sit there and watch the History Channel, but I love it. I love it. And I remember watching this story and kind of reading up on it afterwards of a president of ours, not FDR, but a president of ours by the other name of Roosevelt, and that's Theodore Roosevelt. And to me, Theodore Roosevelt was such a cool guy. I like to say he was a bad dude in a cool way because it's youth. We had to throw some kind of hip lingo into today's message. But I like, I like Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt, he was one of the, really the pioneer of the national parks that we have today. He created five of them. On top of that, he was one of the only presidents to ever be awarded the Medal of Honor. He was a big push in the Panama Canal, which we have today. President Theodore Roosevelt left his stamp here in the United States. But one story in particular, I think, stands out to me the most. And what that is, is the story of him and this group of people called the Rough Riders. And you probably have heard of the Rough Riders before. Maybe you've even seen a biker gang today that's named the Rough Riders. 
But the Rough Riders originated with Theodore Roosevelt. It was a group of this Rat Pack guys that was a mix between Indians, cowboys, and Harvard alum from Theodore Roosevelt's college. And it's truly amazing stories that you can read about these Rough Riders, but one in particular that stands out the most is right during the Spanish-American War when Theodore Roosevelt and this group of Rough Riders were getting ready to charge San Juan Hill. And it says in the story that I was looking up and reading up on That Theodore Roosevelt, when he got to the base of the hill, he saw that there was this piece of barbed wire that was laying on the floor. And what was significant about that barbed wire is this. He told himself, if I cross this barbed wire, I will know that there's no turning back. I know that I need to charge this hill with the group of men I have, and it's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. And I find that so interesting because, you see, Theodore Roosevelt could have looked at that barbed wire and just not have crossed it. Said, I'm ready to go back. But he, instead of looking at what is, what the situation was, he looked at what could be. And he crossed that barbed wire and took charge. And today I'm going to ask you that same question that Theodore Roosevelt asked himself that day. First off, what side of the barbed wire are you on? And are you ready to cross it? Are you ready to go from what is to what could be of our lives? taking that first step, especially as 2021 starts, taking that first step to change in our life, taking that first step to saying, I'm declaring war today on the version of myself that I'm tired of being. And I feel like a lot of us, maybe 2020 was a year where we got so far back from that wire, we don't even see it anymore. Where we got sucked back into our old ways because of quarantine. We got sucked back into our old ways just because of everything that was happening in 2020. But my hope and my prayer is today we can meet at that barbed wire and we can cross it together. And you see, when I think of this story of the barbed wire and I think of the story of Theodore Roosevelt, there's a biblical story that comes to mind in 1 Samuel chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 1 Samuel 14. And in 1 Samuel 14, we're going to read a story about a guy by the name of Jonathan and his armor bearer. Fun fact, one of the very first messages I ever gave as a leader was on this story. It just goes to show you how much I love this story. But in 1 Samuel 14, we're going to read this story of Jonathan, Saul, and his armor bearer. You see, Saul was the father of Jonathan, and Saul was in charge of this Israelite army, this group of Israelites. There was about 600 men in total, and they were fighting against the Philistines. Obviously, as you know, Israelites and Philistines, they did not like each other. And the Israelites, they camped out right next to a base, right next to an outpost of these Philistines. And it says in the Bible that Saul didn't take charge. Saul, instead, with this group of Israelites that he had, sat underneath a tree and pretty much kind of just relaxed. You see, what Saul was doing was Saul wasn't ready to cross that barbed wire. Saul was thinking to himself about what is. What is the situation that is at hand instead of what could be? What could be if we just went out through God's power and attacked? And you see, luckily for us and luckily for the Israelites, Jonathan wasn't thinking about what is. Instead, he was thinking about what could be. And he got ready to take charge. He had this daring idea to take himself and his armor bearer, just two people, to go fight this entire Philistine outpost. And this is what's going to be said. 1 Samuel 14, verse 6 says this. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help. Help us. For nothing can hinder the Lord 
He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I am completely, I am com- completely with you. Verse 8, all right, then Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let, us, and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are, we will kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. Verse 10, but if they say, come up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Verse 11, when the Philistines saw them coming out, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we will teach you a lesson. Come on up, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. Church, I love this story. The story of boldness, the story of courage, the story of faith that it took for Jonathan and his armor bearer just to even walk out and be seen by the Philistines. Now, if I'm Jonathan's armor bearer, I'm a little confused and I'm a little like, I don't think I want to do this. But he went out there with him. And I love it because they were so bold, they were so willing to be able to be seen by these Philistines, to be able to be used by God, that they don't even know if God was going to use them in this moment. And it's really, truly a beautiful sign. But the thing I love so much about this story is more so what's not in the story. Because you see, as I get to read this over the past years, and I get to study this, this whole chapter, really, there's something in the Bible that is not said that I think to me is so important. You see, what's not said is that when Jonathan and his armor bearer were seen by the Philistines, it doesn't say that God gave them step-by-step directions on how they need to fight the Philistines. It just said, go. I think it's so ironic because I'm including myself in this when I say we. We, at times, when we get used by God or we say, I want to be used by God, we expect a step-by-step direction, a blueprint of how God's going to do so. But church, can I tell you something? That's not how God operates. At least 99% of the time, that's not how God operates. God operates with us taking that first step over that barbed wire and then guiding us step by step through our battles, through those wars, through those moments of us going from what is to what could be. This is that time, church, where we need to stop getting into our own heads that God's going to give us step-by-step directions. Instead, it just comes down to the point, especially as we start 2021, if we want to see true change into our lives, that we just need to take that step. We need to say, today, I'm declaring war. Today, I'm going from what is to what could be. And my second point that I want to share with you today is this. Point two, what, who is in your corner. Who is in your corner? We're going to continue reading verse 15, um, starting in verse 13. It says this. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outpost raiding party. And just then an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. Church, have I told you how much I love this story? This story is so amazing to me just to see, again, the courage and the faith that it took. But again, it goes back. I like looking at the stories in the Bible and thinking about the what ifs. Like what if Jonathan and his armor bearer did this? What if Jonathan and his armor bearer looked at the situation that was at hand and said, oof, I'm out here. God sees me. They say, come up and fight. And they don't go. 
You see, look at what verse 13 says one time. Look at verse 13. It says this again. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, killed those who came behind them. You see, it doesn't say that Jonathan and his armor bearer, once they got the green light, once they got the okay, they didn't look at the hill that was in front of them and say, ooh, this hill's kind of steep. There's a lot of rocks on this hill. There's a lot of dirt. I just bought these shoes. I really don't want to get them dirty. Like, I just took a shower. It's hard to come by showers back then. So it's like, I don't think I'm ready for this moment. I don't think I'm ready to go. And, and they didn't sit there and just say, you know what? Let's pray. Let's, see, let's just ask God to, just to rain fire down on the Philistines today. They didn't say anything like that. Instead, they knew that as they got ready to cross that barbed wire, that it was going to take work, that it was going to take them getting dirty. And church, I just want to encourage you today, if we are on the fence right now and we are ready to cross over that barbed wire, we're ready to go from what is to what could be and declaring war on that version of ourselves. it's going to take work. We can't have what I like to call couch potato faith. What couch potato faith is, is this where we sit down and we pray saying, God, I want change in my life. God, I want this to happen in my life. God, do this, do this, do this, do that. And then we get, we're done praying. We get back on the TV and we get back on our phones. And there's no action step in place. That's what couch potato faith looks like. And see, Jonathan didn't have that. Now, I'm not coming up here today saying that we can't pray. Prayer is so important. But it's what we do after we pray that will, really tr that will really push us in the direction that we want to go. See, Jonathan and his armor bearer, once they got used, once they said, God, use us, they went. They knew that it was going to take work. And like with anything, good things come from the work. And we ought to, if we want change, put the work in. Now, my, really the heart of this, this whole point of who's in your corner is really these two people. The two people in Jonathan's life that was in, their, in his corner the whole entire time. The very first person, I have two subpoints for you. The very first subpoint is this. Who was in Jonathan's corner? Jonathan's armor bearer. The whole entire time, Jonathan's armor bearer was by his side. And I already kind of touched on it a little bit. But like if, say if you're Jonathan's armor bearer and he comes up to you and he says, hey, we're going to go fight the Philistines. Maybe or maybe not God's going to help us. I'd be like, Jonathan, you're crazy. Jonathan, I'm good. You see Saul over there? He's hanging out underneath that tree over there. He has, the, he has a Dr. Pepper for me, and he has the game on. Like, I'm going to go over there. But Jonathan's armor bearer through that whole entire time went with him. And if we truly want to bring change into our life in 2021, if we truly want to go to war against that version of ourselves from what is to what could be, we need people in our corner. And I want to encourage you today, if you're here today and you think to yourself, I don't have anybody in my corner, I just want you to stop for a second. And I want you to know this. Us as a church, we are in your corner. Us as a church staff, we are in your corner. We are a call away to be able to pray with you. We are a call away to do life with you. On top of that, I want you to stop and think about this today. There are so many people in this room today, and there's so many people watching online today that have fought against that version of yourself that you were trying to fight against, and they've won, and they're in your corner. They're there. And if you're thinking to yourself, Charlie, I don't need somebody. I'm self-made. I, I did this myself. Can I tell you something? There is no human in this world, no matter how much the rappers want to say they're self-made, that have entered into this world by themselves. 
Everybody has had somebody help them in some form or fashion. Everyone has had to have somebody in their corner at one point in our life. God never created us to do life alone. From the beginning of time, from Genesis chapter 1, we were meant to be in relationship. We were meant to have people in our corner. And if you're thinking, well, okay, this is awesome. Like, how, how can I have more people in my corner? Can I just encourage you? Join a serve team. Join something here at the church. Because you see, when I walked into this church, when I thought the, the building was going to fall down in flames because of all the stuff that I was bringing in, I had nobody in my corner then. I had nobody. And I remember I, I would see people hang out with other people. I'm like, man, like, that's what I want. I want friends from my church to be able to hang out with. What I did was I joined a team. I got plugged in. And can I tell you something? If I would have never just taken that step to get plugged in and to serve in this youth ministry and just to serve at this church, I would not be here today. There was a time in 2015, and there's a lot of us in this room today that were a part of this meeting, that there was a time in 2015 where it was the happiest moment of my life and one of the lowest moments of my life. Because you see, in 2015, I got the call when I was working at the city of Rancho. I got a call from my youth pastor saying, hey, we want you to be the junior high director. And I was ecstatic. I was like, dude, this is awesome. And we grew the youth ministry. We did so much amazing things through it. But towards the end of 2015 and really the beginning of 2016, I was hitting the lowest point of my spiritual walk, the lowest point of my just health in general, to a point where I didn't think I was going to be able to make it through with my relationship with my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife. Amen. And you see, the thing is this. The only way I got through that, one, is by the Spirit, but two, was by leaning on the team that was in my corner. You see, after a Tuesday night, it was one of our youth nights. All the students had left, and I had to call my leadership team in, and I said, hey, this is happening. And I just spilled it out. It felt like a soap opera. I was like, this is what's happening. My spiritual walk isn't good. My health isn't good. My mentality isn't good. And I'm just burning on fumes. And because of that moment, because of that conversation I had, I knew I was able to lean in on those people in my corner just like they would be able to lean in on me. There is something about doing life together. There's something about doing life in a community that will help you get through any obstacle. And when we declare war on those versions of ourselves, when we go from what is to what could be, church, we're going to need people in our corner. So I encourage you, get plugged in. It takes one step, one step. But the other thing, and really the other person that was in Jonathan's corner was his armor bearer, but it was also, more importantly, the Spirit of God. That's sub-point two, the Spirit of God. We're going to go back to 1 Samuel 14, but verse 6, the very first verse we read, and it says this. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. I love Jonathan's mindset as he comes into battle, as he gets ready to go out and be seen by the Philistines. Because you see, the mindset that Jonathan had wasn't look at what I can do through God, but instead it was look at what God can do through me. And I think a lot of us, including myself, can walk in that first saying, that look at what I can do through God. And really, if we want to see true change into our lives, we need to make sure that God is, one, in our corner, but two, leading us along the way. 
We take that first step and he will guide us along our path that he has already laid out for you. And the beautiful thing on top of that is not only was the Spirit of God in Jonathan's corner, but us as followers of Jesus, we have the Spirit of God in our corner. When we get ready to take battle, when we get ready to go from what is to what could be, God has already given us certain tools and certain abilities to use in these battles. And really not just in these battles, but every day of our life. You see, what those are is we find these in Ephesians chapter 6. If you want to flip there, you can. If not, it'll be up on the screen. You see, God and the Spirit of God gives us what we like to call the armor of God that we get to put on daily. Starting off in verse 13, it says this. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will stand firm. Question, when is the time of evil? Church, it's every day of our lives. And I don't say that to scare you, but I say that to encourage you that this is something we need every day of our lives. The enemy does not take days off, so neither should we. Verse 14 says this, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, last verse, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion stay alert and be present in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Church, he gives, us a, he gives us what we need. When we have him in our corner, he gives us everything we need. And today, as we make this declaration to declare war on that version of ourselves, we're going to need him. We can't do this alone. Again, nobody's self-made. Nobody can do this journey by themselves. It takes people in our corner, and it takes the Spirit of God in our corner. And then my last point, and then we're going to have the band come back out, and we're going to go into a song called This Is How I Fight My Battles, which we think is so perfect for today. But my last point is point three. And point three is this, your declaration. Your declaration. AV team, can we put that, uh, that image back up on the screen real quick? This is the same image that we had brought out at the beginning of the message and that was a declaration of war that President FDR and the Congress and the House put together the day after the attack on Pearl Harbor. And you see, I, I really wanted to share this document for right now. Because you see, there's something important when, it, when we put the attack, when we put our, our declaration on paper. Because you see, we can come up and we can have speeches. We can come up and say, you know what, 2021 is going to be the year that I declare war on that version of myself. Today, 2021 is going to be the year where I go from what is to what could be in my life. And we can say that all we want, but like the saying goes, talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. I've been there. I've said there's a lot of things that I was going to change in my life, but did I do it? I told myself I was going to go to the gym at the beginning of 2020. Did I do it? No. You can tell. But there's something that comes from us writing down our own declaration. There's something that comes from us writing down that version of ourselves that we want to go to war against. And today when you guys walked in, you guys should have gotten one of these papers. You guys can pull these papers out right now. What's on this paper is your declaration. As we start 2021, this is your declaration saying, I'm declaring war on myself, that version of myself, and I want 
to change. And again, there's something that comes from writing down. So I don't want you to write down right now. There's not going to be a wall when you go outside to pin this up on. But what we hope as Av youth and as the church is you guys take these home with you, maybe as soon as you get into your car, and you're already thinking to yourself of that version you want to change. You're already thinking of yourself what is and how you want to jump into what could be. And today, we're going to write our own declaration. You see on the top, it says things that are holding me back. That's that version of yourself. And I love it because at the bottom, it says, I declare war on this day at this time, and it's signed by you. And you see, I could come up here and again saying talk is cheap and just give you all these things. Say, go do this. But I want to encourage you with this. I'm doing this with you. I'm side by side with you. Because even though I get to call myself the generation's pastor, even though I have a, a plaque that says I am a pastor, that does not make me immune to any of the attacks from the enemy. You see, when 2020 started, we were excited for what was going to happen. We were excited for all the things God was going to do in our youth ministry here at New Beginnings. There was events, there was movement happening. And then when March hit and we got the news, I was like, can I be real? I was kind of excited. I was like, sweet. It was vacation. About the first month in, I was like, okay. When is this going to end? About five months into it, I was like, this sucks. I hate this. But in 2020, there was a lot of good and a lot of bad. Because you see, as 2020 happened, I remember feeling this way where I started slowly wanting to grow apart from people that were in my corner. I slowly wanted to start growing away just from community in general. And in my profession, you can't do that. You're surrounded by people 24-7. And I remember the first few moments that we got to come back into the office when things started to lighten up. I remember showing up and being like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be around people. In 2020, I grew this, this feeling, this version of myself that was antisocial. Didn't want to talk to anybody. And I started having certain personas of myself that when I would walk into the office, people didn't know what version of Charlie they were getting. They didn't know if they were going to get the happy-go-lucky Charlie that loves Clemson or they were going to get that moody Charlie that didn't want to talk to anybody, that wanted to go into his office and shut the door and not be around anybody. And you see, as 2021 starts, I still kind of carry some of that baggage into it. I still kind of carry some of those emotions, that moody Charlie with me. And as 2021 starts, today I'm declaring war on that version of myself. And church, again, you're not doing this alone. I'm up here today, not because I have all the answers, but because we get to do this together. And church, I know I'm not the only one that has issues. I know I'm not the only one that has a version of their self that they are tired of being like. So today, let's declare war. Today, let's go from what is to what could be. Let's pray. Jesus, we are grateful for who you are and what you're doing in this place today. Jesus, I pray right now as we get into this last song of worship that we can just focus on you. Jesus, as we get into this last song of worship, I, I feel like there's a lot of us in here that we've been holding on to certain tensions. We've been holding on to certain hurts. We've been holding on to certain versions of ourselves that we need to let go and able for you to fully use us. 
to fully guide us. So God, today I want to specifically pray for those that are in this room and those that are watching online and those that are outside today that are ready to declare war, that are ready to go from what is to what could be. And so right now, I, I want to pray for you. And, it's, and this isn't going to be an altar call. This isn't going to be a moment where you can give your life to Jesus. But this is a moment saying, hey, God, I, I, I don't have my life together all the, all the way. But God, I'm ready to start making the change. I'm ready to cross that barbed wire, and I'm ready to declare war on that version of myself. So if you're in this place today, whether you're at home, outside, or in the sanctuary today, with every eye bowed, every eyes closed, every head bowed, if that's you in here today, and you're saying, I'm, I'm ready, I just want you to raise your hand on the count of three so we can pray for you, so we can do life together, so we can be in your corner during this time. So if that's you on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, nobody's looking. Two, this is a moment saying, God, I need you. Three, if that is you, just raise your hand today. Jesus, thank you for all the hands raised in this room saying they're ready, that they're ready to declare war, that they're ready to take on that version of themselves that they don't want to be anymore. You guys can put your hands down. Father God, you saw every hand raised in this room today saying, you know what? God, I am not perfect, but you are perfect. God, I don't know about you, but God, we are so grateful that we get to worship a God that is perfect. We are able, we get to worship a God that has already defeated the enemy, that already rose three days later after being dead when the enemy thought he had won, but he had not won, God, and we get to worship you. So God, I pray right now your Holy Spirit will rain down on this place. God, I pray right now your Holy Spirit will flow through those that raise their hands saying, I'm ready. I'm ready for change. I'm ready to go from what is to what could be. God, I pray right now you give us the boldness. God, I pray right now you give us the courage. God, I pray right now you give us the faith to be able to move, God. God, I pray right now as 2021 starts, this is going to be a year where we remember the time we declared war on that version of ourselves and we are going to walk in the purpose. We are going to walk in the plans that you have for us, God. And God, I pray right now as we get into this last song of worship called, uh, This Is How I Fight My Battles, that God, we will just put everything down. We will put all the distractions down and we will come into 2021 worshiping you. We will come into 2021 worshiping you as our Father and as our Savior. God, that you are the one that comes before us and you are the one that went behind us. God, that you are the one guiding us. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco. Or email us at hello at nbcc.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.